hey what's going on who that nation it is yours truly tj jones the host of the state of the saints podcast thank you so much for checking out the state of the saints podcast where we talk new orleans saints and on this edition we have a special guest with us back again on the state of the saints podcast some of you probably checked out the interview i did a while back uh he is a doctor in sports medicine and you can also check him out on youtube on the fantasy doctors giving you up-to-date information about your favorite nfl players and also about fantasy football i'm talking about dr jesse morris dr morris how you doing i'm doing great how are you i'm doing just fine thank you for being here once again appreciate that and uh thank you uh for your time and uh we appreciate you uh you know being here to give us a little bit of clarity about some of our favorite new orleans saints players my pleasure i know a couple of them personally oh <laughs> well that's that's good to hear because there, there's a there's a lot that uh you know has come you know come down the pike when it comes to like training camp uh the first person in particular is michael thomas uh michael thomas as you know you know he's been out of football for almost two years 18 uh, 18 months to be exact and uh, he's been dealing with that ankle injury and i can mm -hmm. remember when you when you first came on the show we were talking about uh the uphill climb that it could have been during that time and I mean, I hate to call you Nostradamus, but that's what you were because you, you <laughs> definitely predicted uh, that it might take longer than anticipated. But um, the first question I have for you is is about Michael Thomas's uh, ankle injury. What was the issue and why did it take so long for him to really, you know, get back on the field? So his initial issue reportedly was a, a high ankle sprain, or unfortunately, pretty classic injury, injury to the ligament that runs kind of north to south in between the two front leg bones. Right. Amara had one a couple of years ago. Pretty common in a lot of the uh, a lot of the, the field uh, guys. Kyler had one. Yeah. Um, the, the problem is those take three to five, six weeks. But if it's a moderate one, a grade two, that ankle is unstable mm -hmm. regardless. I've seen ones three months later, they're still unstable. They're just wow. – this is a hard injury. Excuse me. He's evaluated by – Dr. Robert Anderson, who's a very famous orthopedic foot and ankle surgeon. Uh, he's the Green Bay Packers team doc right now. Mm -hmm. And they said, yeah, you're okay. You don't need anything. Just shut it down. Mm -hmm. So this is 2020. So he was ramping back up. Reportedly had a hamstring strain. So he missed two games from that. Came back and somehow, probably because of the instability, managed to injure the inside of the ankle. Not the mm -hmm. high ankle, not the classic outside of the ankle, but more mm -hmm. the inside. Right. Now that we never talk about the inside of the ankle because it's so strong. Right. It's what we call the deltoid ligament, super right. strong injury or, right. or, 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 or tissue, very, very strong. And, and, and we don't, when you tear it, it's bad, real bad. The only two players that I can remember in recent memory that have had this injury besides Thomas mm -hmm. were Dak Prescott when he fractured, dislocated his ankle. And right. then Antonio Brown last year when he couldn't get back on the field. That's why, because mm -hmm. he had a bad uh, a medial ankle reportedly. Wow. So it's not, it's not pretty injury when you do it. He then rolled into the off season and, and was evaluated reportedly. And it, he said, it, for whatever reason, it, they said, Hey, we're just going to rehab it. Uh, and then we'll review. Right. However, it played out. He showed up to training camp last year or OTAs, whatever it was. And they're like, they, they must've been like your ankles in rough shape. Like you, you need surgery on this deltoid. Right. The problem is that's a four to six month reco recovery. That's mm. a long injury. That's not an easy injury. Right. So he had an unfortunate setback in the mid season and that was it. He never made it back the whole season. 
Hmm. I've yeah. heard rumblings that he may have had a second surgery. I don't know that. I, 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 I'm not sure. He's been looking better and better and better. We've seen routes over the past week where yeah. he's cutting hard. He's putting weight on that ankle, which is the concern. Uh, and uh, he's basically had a nice tweet for us yesterday telling uh, all the doubters that he, 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 he made it and he's back. <laughs> and I'm happy because it's that's a rough injury. He could have easily yeah. uh, struggled to come back, but but he looks good. Yeah. Uh, well, let me ask you this. Um, now that he's back, um, is there a chance that he may not be the same player that we expect him to be? Or do you feel like uh, the time that he missed, he can make a full recovery? Will, will there be lingering effects for individuals that suffer this type of injury? So that's a good question, and it's hard to answer. So a lot of ankle injuries don't really have many lingering effects. Right. He will eventually probably have arthritis in this ankle, hmm. but it's too early to say he's going to have it now. Yeah. He may have issues with that graft later in the year. He may have compensation issues hmm. uh, because of how long he took between not having surgery and eventually having it right. where he may have injured, you know, some of the, some of the cartilage inside the front of the ankle hmm. where it may pinch you know, he may have some swelling issues. It, it, you know, if he runs 20 routes, probably not a big deal. But if he's running 40, 50 routes a week plus practice, I could see where it's somewhere in the middle of the season. He tweaks it or he steps on someone's ankle and it kind of irritates it. Right. So unfortunately, he is at a little bit increased risk for re-injury. Uh, given the, the freak athlete in a good way, how he is, I'm not going to put it past him to say he looks very similar to how he used to be. Right. He may have missed a little bit of a step uh, just given the nature of the injury, but being such a freak, I don't even know if you're going to miss it. Like yeah. he's, he's just that good. Yeah. But let's go back. Uh, I heard an interview um, with Michael Thomas on yesterday, and he was talking about uh, the decision uh, for him to actually get the surgery. Mm -hmm. And he said that the advice that he got uh, was he can actually rehab this without surgery. Was that at any time? a good idea based on the, I guess the prognosis of uh, that ankle injury. Was that, was that smart advice from, I guess where, where he actually went for that type of advice? So that's a, tr that's a tricky question because the problem is we probably only have about 30% of the information, maybe 50% right. if we're being aggressive. Right. So without examining him, without knowing how he looks, without knowing um, this exact exact nature of his MRI and of his imaging and of his of his ankle, right. it's hard to say yes, that was the correct decision at that time. Right. I treat pros pretty regularly, so right. I know how aggressive you have to be with them because they're not going to take time off. Right. Uh, it's hard to say, uh, and, and I don't know who we saw and I don't know what their mindset was. Mm -hmm. Um, but it I'm I'm assuming it was a good call at the time. It didn't work out, but right. it you know, you have to assume it was probably in his best interest. And some players don't want surgery. They will do anything in their nature to avoid surgery. And I get it, but sometimes surgery is the answer. Yeah. Yeah. He, he even mentioned that he said that uh, he never had surgery before and he, he seen a chance where he didn't have to get it. So he decided to uh, try to uh, rehab it, which, you know, we all see how that actually turned out, but we're glad that he's back. Uh, Hopefully he'll be back to uh, that all pro form that he was, uh, you know, when he won offensive player of the year back in 2019. Oh, yeah. uh, but as we fast forward, we're going to talk about uh, Saints starting quarterback, Jameis Winston. Uh, Jameis Winston uh, tore his ACL on Halloween of uh, last year. 
uh, you know, in the game versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But he's been working really hard. Uh, we've seen all the videos and everything like that about him rehabbing. And it seems like he, he's on schedule a little bit uh, past schedule. Uh, but he has been wearing a, a knee brace. Uh, the Saints have been really careful about that. Um, should we as fans be concerned about uh, Jameis Winston uh, wearing a knee brace uh, going into training camp after the injury that he suffered back in October? No, no concerns at all. Hmm. No, I mean, uh, Dr. Eltrash did it reportedly two weeks after his injury. Uh, Eltrash is who did, uh, I mean, he did Brady's back in the day. He fixed Brady's uh, MCL recently. He's the one who did Akers' Achilles. Uh, so, I mean, he does, uh, I think he did Dobbins's. So like he does most of the guy, most of the top level guys. Um, he had, he had a, a mild MCL or one that wasn't enough to get surgery on. And then, but we don't know about any meniscal damage. He's been working with Kevin Wilk. You can see it on, on Instagram, uh, who's a very high level therapist. And I think uh, Gulf breeze at Andrews Institute. And um, I really don't have a whole lot of concerns uh, he will wear the knee brace probably initially. It's more of a mental thing. Mm. Uh, there's the data shows it doesn't help at all, yeah. but for support and for kind of reassurance, a lot of guys will wear that. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's probably going to wear it for week one. He's just kind of got to go through the motions of the, of the preseason. He'll mm. be, if it happened on Halloween, he, he had surgery two weeks later. He's already at, you know, he's going to be basically 10 over 10 months out uh almost 11 months out by the time week one starts i think i think it'll be okay i'm not really overly concerned Mo have we seen most quarterbacks that that come back from an acl do do great uh Tannehill did fine you know uh brady did fine um there's been a bunch of uh, you know i'm not really Joe worried burrow, yeah, yeah. burrow did burrow did burrow had a bad one too yeah uh you know bradford a little bit of a story but you know we're going way back now yeah. But but I mean, most of the time, I'm not overly worried. Running backs, separate discussion, at least initially. Yeah. But OK, so let, let's talk about that. What What is the difference? Like uh, as far as like with the I guess the, the quarterback position and the running back position and the ACL tear, like why is it so significant from one position versus the other? Well, I think there's a couple a couple things baked into the NFL. Mm -hmm. uh, one is the protection that they give to the quarterbacks. Mm hmm. Uh, definitely. I mean, uh, yeah, if, if, if they get, you know, blown on, they get, there's a penalty. Like, <laughs> you know, they, they're very protective and, and, and maybe rightfully so, but I mean, it, you know, so obviously you can still tear it. I mean, obviously, right. you did. but, but I mean, in general, there's that element of it. Hmm. And if you think about it, uh, you're running in the trenches, getting attacked by monsters, you know, yeah. huge dudes, mm -hmm. real fast, real athletic, right. uh, 20, 30, 40 times as a running back. Mm -hmm. you know, week in and week out, uh, the, the, you're dealing with a lot more turf, a lot more instability. Hey, this mm -hmm. guy's coming this way. I got to shift this way. Okay. Most of the quarterbacks are not running nowhere near as much as that. Maybe Allen is probably an exception, but even then he's probably half as much. Right. Um, and in general, they're not really running routes. They're relatively planted. Maybe they scramble every once in a blue moon. Right. But for the most part, it's usually their, their plant leg, their front leg, mm -hmm. usually. Because the guys, you know, kind of get it clipped out. I believe that's how Brady's was. Now that I think about it, right. but um, in general, that's usually plant leg. Um, and uh, the, you know, if they can get the ball off, if their O line holds up, most of the time they're pretty good. And they will, they may have the yips, you know, the first couple games because they're, you know, not used to the pressure and whatnot. Right. And sometimes he might. I wouldn't even be surprised if he played in preseason a little bit to kind of mm -hmm. go through that before the games actually mean something. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm glad that, you know, when you when you used to mention ACL tears back in the day, it was like a death sentence. But yeah, I mean, just the science and modern medicine now, it, it, you know, you see guys come back, like you said, and have uh, stellar careers. I mean, I think about Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson yep. uh, came back, won a league MVP, uh, you know. Tom Brady, you know, uh, won multiple Super Bowls after that, and Joe Burrow yeah. led the Cincinnati Bengals to yeah. the Super Bowl. Alvin so, Cook has looked incredible. Cooper Cup it, had yep, one a couple yep. years ago. Exactly. So, I mean, the, the, we haven't got there with Achilles yet, mm -hmm. uh, and maybe we do. Uh, it's a different monster. But yeah. ACL, for the most part, has been really impressive, uh, especially given the demand that these guys put on their body. Right. But in general, I, I really think that, the technology come, has come a long way, and so hasn't the rehab. Guys are much smarter. Uh, there is that first-year lull. Mm -hmm. uh, Saquon had it. Dalvin had it. It's pretty classic. Right. Um, some guys can break out Adrian Peterson first year, but that's rare. That's that's, <laughs> that's super rare. But in general, for, for a receiver, they don't really drop a whole lot. Gallup, Godwin, I don't really expect to drop a whole lot. But the the running backs do have a tendency to to struggle a little bit in their first year. It's a mm. trust issue that new ligament. That's yeah. pretty much the only thing holding up them from if it's on their left knee from cutting left and and, and running back to the right. That right. hard plant that's ACL. That's all. That's 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 it. So yeah. they got to learn to trust it again. Yeah. Well, uh, hopefully you know he, he everything works out with Jameis and I mean he looks really good. I mean you can tell he's working really hard and. I mean, he's trying to get everybody on the team involved. He's trying to get chemistry, and, and yeah. you can't really tell. Like, you can't really tell um, because, I mean, he has really scratched and clawed his way back to where he is right now, and he might be physically look like he's in the best shape he's ever been in. Uh, yeah. But that's like, part for the course at this time. Yeah. Everybody's in the best shape. <laughs> Even Uncle <laughs> Lenny. <laughs> yeah, until you get hit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so that from, you know, one – quarterback to a I guess you can call him a quarterback and he does several other things uh Taysom Hill yeah uh week 18 uh he suffered a list Frank injury um you know there's a lot of people that, that hear about this but they don't really <laughs> understand what that injury actually is so Dr. Morris I was hoping that you can you know help people understand the injury that Taysom Hill sustained and now that uh he's moving over from the quarterback to more of a tight end position uh you know, will that be, you know, something that we need to look out for? So, uh, first of all, if if you all haven't looked at Taysom Hill's history in college, it's insane. <laughs> like, you, you look at, like, how did this guy make it to the NFL? Yeah. So, 2012, he had a bad MCL sprain. Mm. He missed six games. Right. 2014, he broke his left leg and missed seven games. Whoa. 2015, he broke suffered a Liz Frank on his right foot and missed 11 games. Hmm. That's insane. That's, that's crazy. That's three or four years. And he missed substantial time each year. Hmm. Uh, and, then, and then he finally made it to the NFL. <laughs> he hasn't really had any big injuries. He he had a plantar fasciitis, a partial, partial tear right. in November. Then he, then he had that mallet finger kind of like Russell Wilson did, but it wasn't as bad as his right. uh, in, in, in the first week of December. Uh, he had COVID poor guy. And then he fractured his foot, the other foot, the, the non, the, the, the non Liz Frank foot yeah. and, and the left foot. So what is Liz Frank and why is it such a bad diagnosis right. initially? So there's three grades, just like most of medicine, mm -hmm. mild, moderate, severe, one, two, three. Right. Think of the foot as a bridge. 
Right. The toes are one side. The heel is a different side of the bridge. And the middle of the foot is the middle of the bridge. Right. Now, that would be your arch. So mm -hmm. the think of if you uh, broke up some of that bridge in the middle of the bridge, and then would you drive over it? No, that oh. means <laughs> that's the importance of the Liz Frank ligament that mm -hmm. runs and stabilizes the entire uh, the bone structures coming from the bottom and coming from the top, right? And it stabilizes the middle of the joint. So if right. this gets sprained, anything more than a mild and even milds are bad. Mm. The, the 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 foot the midfoot starts to collapse right. and, and and the more it, it's the more there's a separation the bigger the injury and and when it gets to uh, a grade three you basically have to put a screw in it like this and so it sounds crazy but the, it's a fracture it's not yeah. a soft tissue injury it sounds right. like one but it's it's really considered a fracture right so in that point this is what Travis Etienne had last year. Mm -hmm. uh, Hollywood Brown had one leaving college. Uh, Cam Newton had one several years ago. Mm -hmm. The data is really good for Liz Frank fractures. That's good. Now, Joe Mixon likely had a grade one a couple of years ago, two years ago, that was probably re-injured into a grade two, and that's why he missed the rest of the season. Right. But th even those, he didn't have surgery. Even those heal pretty well. But right. coming back mid-season is rough, is very, very painful, and doesn't work out well. Uh, right. So most guys do well. Some guys end up having the screw taken out at this point in time. Later, that's what Hollywood Brown did. Okay. Well, so um, it, it shouldn't affect him uh, as far as, like, playing a tight end position, moving mm -hmm. over. Uh, you no, know, I'm not really worried. I think you'll see him as the same kind of – I kind of like to call him, like, a ninja – the Swiss Army, <laughs> like you never know what he's gonna do. And yeah. they made a comment. I think it was yesterday. Uh, he's gonna do the same crazy, annoying stuff that he always does: throws, mm -hmm. runs, catches. Um, and, and and I think that uh, in fantasy wise, he may be kind of sneaky this year because everyone's kind of forgot about him. He is. Uh, he should be labeled as a tight end. Yeah. Uh, and I think he'll get tight end work. Troutman hasn't really shown us a whole lot. I love Olave. Yeah. Uh, you know, it remains to be seen how much we're going to get out of Landry and, 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 and Michael Thomas. Kamara, as far as we know, should be okay. The hearing is set for this week or right. early next week for his possible suspension or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then you got Ingram, you know, maybe maybe the rookie Smith. So we don't really know um, what other pieces. So I think Hill is going to play a role. Right. Yeah, I mean, look, he does everything. And he's, and he's important to the success of the team. I mean – we we know what he can do and and there's some of the the ways that the saints line him up offensively uh for him to just you know do his thing I've, we've seen him like take over games and yeah. really be a, a a strong part of the Saints' success so uh i think him moving to the tight end position i think that's you know i think he's going to thrive there but like you said i i think that they're probably going to be lining him up in other places as well so that'll be beneficial and it's good to know that uh he should make a full recovery uh my, my final question for you, uh, Dr. Morris, it, it has something to do with the new padding that the uh, the, the players are wearing on their, on their helmets. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Now, now certain, certain positions are wearing it, and it's supposed to protect them uh, from concussions, and we know that concussions are a, a big issue when it comes to the NFL. Mm -hmm. uh, are you an advocate of, of these this new padding? Uh, do you feel like it's going to be one of those things where it ends up all players are wearing these things during practice and – and also just, uh, I guess, like before games getting warmed up. 
So I haven't seen the data on them, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. There had to have been, and they don't do anything fluky. So there had to have been some support to yeah. justify it. Right. I mean, uh, I don't mind it because I don't think it's really bothering anything. It looks kind of funny, but, um, <laughs> you know, that's, you know, but I mean, when you're, when you see these guys that are getting repetitive concussions and, and they don't get them as much as they used to, because they're being really smart about it. Yeah. And then you start to see the guys who have had, uh, unfortunately CTE. And I, I still believe there's a very strong connection with concussions, whether or not they want to admit it. Right. Um, and, and, you know, we saw what Vincent Jackson and, and Demarius Thomas and, right. um, I think you say, uh, see, I mean, there's the list is ridiculous. Yeah. So, I mean, if they're trying to be proactive, I don't, I'm okay with it. I mean, you don't, as long as you don't start putting them into games, which, you know, is really kind of when they should need it to be honest yeah. with you, but yeah. it's weird, but Okay, if that's what they're going to do, I'm fine with it. I'm sure there's a little bit of data to support it. At least I hope there is. Yeah, I mean, I've seen those type of uh, patterns, like, but mostly like on a college level. Um, when I, I watched my alma mater, Jackson State, and I, I was watching them in practice, and I seen that they they had those uh, going back to like around last season. So it just seems like the NFL is trying to incorporate that. And, and like you uh, said, I mean. If it means that it's going to protect these players and uh, protect them from concussions, I mean, it's always a plus. Um, you know, I mean, this is a start. I mean, the yeah. fact that, you know, you haven't been acknowledging or act as if it doesn't exist or kind of negate the data, uh, that's something that we don't want. Uh, we want to make sure that these players, after they're finished playing, they can be, uh, you know, yeah. be able to function, you know, and be able to be uh, citizens of society without lingering effects. I mean, uh, we forget most of them are going to be probably 30 or even younger when they retire. Exactly. Right. So it's yeah. like Chris Carson was what, 25, 26? Right. Gurley was what, 25, 26? Mm -hmm. So it's like that's most people don't even have their life figured out by then. Exactly. You know, so, it's a hard enough to deal with a brain injury on top of that or multiple brain injuries. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm a strong advocate for, you know, uh, concussions, uh, protocols, and all that kind of stuff. Because that, that stuff is important, especially like since the guys that you mentioned, with the Junior Seahawks, the Demarius Thomases, uh, you know, a lot of those legendary uh, Pittsburgh Steelers players back in the day. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't want to have those type of issues going on. So uh, definitely got to find ways to make sure that we protect these players, you know, uh, on the field. So that once again, once they their career is all said and done, they'll be able to live their life and enjoy it to the fullest. Uh, but Dr. Moyes, uh, thank you so much for being a part of the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you so much for your time. It's always a pleasure. And uh, thank you for clearing up a lot of the, the questions that the Huda Nation, uh, as, as well as myself, have. And uh, let everybody know how they can get in touch with you. Sure. So I uh, we're on pretty much every platform. Uh, uh, Twitter is probably the easiest way to reach me at Dr. Jesse Morse. Um, and then, uh, you know, we're obviously on YouTube or we're on TikTok if you're if you want the shorter version of videos and it, we do daily newsletters. We have a huge massive injury draft guide that covers every uh, pretty much uh, fantasy related guy known to man. And then um, we have an app that keeps you up to date on all injuries and all, um, all, all kind of all news and notes and kind of makes like you can you can click on teams. You can click on uh, New Orleans Saints and you'd see all the beat writers that relate for the saints in chronological order in their tweets automatically uploaded. So it's, it's called TFD and I made it just kind of help you follow, you know, camp or weekends or whatever. So just uh, always trying to improve the game from a fantasy and, and just not knowledge perspective. Right. Well, you make sure that you follow uh, the fantasy doctor and also 
follow uh dr jesse morris on twitter uh you'll thank me later i mean this man be living his best life okay <laughs> but thank you dr morris thank you You're so welcome. much uh, appreciate it that uh we look forward to uh hearing from you down the road i'll be here if you need me all right take care thank you very much take care all right